You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Thanks to the McClay family for reading the scriptures for us this morning. And if you want to have your Bible open there, we're going to think about a challenge that was set. We're going to think about uh, two sides that were involved. Uh, and we're going to think about how this all comes together in this story. I want, to have, I want you to have a look at the screen. Because here's a phrase, or here's a little sort of uh, reminder. Last week, David gave us that little chant. I don't want us to chant this today, but I want you to remember these things. Two sides, same challenge, one winner. Two sides, same challenge, one winner. What we were doing this morning, you had Dave Wicks against Union Road, okay? Two sides. They did the same challenges, but there was only a winner each time. And that's the same as, as we read the Bible today in First Kings chapter 18. There were two sides. There was a challenge set, but there was only one winner, right? Have your Bibles open there. Let's see what's going on. Uh, and we're going to see some things. We're going to get you involved up at the front here as well. The first thing I want to do is a reminder of the characters involved in our story today. We've got evil king Ahab, and we've got God's prophet Elijah. Ahab and Elijah. There they are on the screen. Evil king Ahab God's prophet Elijah. And we know that King Ahab was a really bad king. He was the one that introduced the people to the worship of Baal, that false god, that, that god that just wasn't the true god at all. But all the people worshipped this god. Everyone in Israel seemed to have bowed the knee to Baal instead of bowed the knee to the true and the living God. But Ahab, he, he, had, he had been deceived. He had gone the wrong way. Whereas Elijah was one of the few left in Israel who knew the true and living God and spoke out for him. And that's the reason Ahab hated Elijah. Ahab hated Elijah. In fact, if you have a look at 1 Kings chapter 18, I think it's verse 17 there. Do you see what Ahab called Elijah? Who can find what Ahab called Elijah in verse 17? He called him the what of Israel? The begins with T. Will say, the troubler. You're the troublemaker in Israel. And that was Ahab, the one who brought the false gods, saying to Elijah, who was the prophet of the true and living of, you're the troubler. He'd got it all mixed up. That was not the case. It was the other way around. But anyway, one day Ahab and Elijah met. It had been quite some time. There'd been the famine in the land. All sorts of other things had happened. Between. They hadn't seen each other for about three years, but they met once again, and things were really tense. It was not a pleasant place to be. Elijah knew that Ahab hated him, and Ahab said, you're the troubler of Israel. You're the one that's causing all this bother, but Elijah wasn't stepping back. Elijah said, no, you're the one who's called trouble for all of Israel by worshiping the false god of Baal. But Elijah says, right, let's sort this out once and for all. Sometimes maybe you've heard that in the playground if some two, two boys are having a go in. Let's sort this out once and for all. Elijah said, Ahab, let's sort this out once and for all. One big challenge, two sides, let's see who the winner is. Ahab kind of thought, this sounds kind of good. It could be a big spectacular event for all of Israel. Let's get everyone together. So he gathered all the Israelites together. They all wanted to see what was going on. But he called together his 450 prophets of Baal, of the wrong God. 450 of them. And on top of 450, he said, bring the 400 prophets of Asherah as well. That's 
Fields' wife. That was 850 against one. 850 false prophets against Elijah, the one true prophet. So they gathered all together, and the plan was to meet them on top of the mountain, the mount they called Mount Carmel. And here's what Elijah said to all the people as they gathered. It's on the screen, I think, just now. Next one. He said to the whole of the people, How long will you serve both Baal and the Lord? If the Lord is the true God, follow him. But if Baal is the true God, follow him. That sounds like a great plan, doesn't it? A big competition. All, everyone there. If the Lord is the true God, follow him. If Baal is the true God, follow him. And Elijah, in some of the older versions of the Bible, is a great description. He says, how long will you limp or hobble between two opinions? It's a great picture, isn't it? How long will you, one side, oh, today I feel like following the Lord, and maybe today I feel like following Baal. And, oh, if the people around me are following Baal, I'll go that way. If the people around me are worshiping the true and living God, I'll follow. They're, they're kind of hopping between two opinions. And Elijah wanted to sort this out. You can't go between one and the other. You're either on one side or the other. You can't be on one and the other. Which one are you on? So they set up this competition. Anyway, here's how the competition was to go. You see it outlined there from really verse 20 onwards and how it sets up and what, how it was to look. Uh, and the people all were excited and they were all nodding with amazement. They thought this was a great idea. Now, I want you to help me here, okay? The men in the congregation, the men in the congregation uh, I don't want you to do anything more than simply whenever I say that the prophets of Baal called out, I want you all to go like this. Okay? Men, can you do that? When the prophets of Baal called out, do that. Okay? When the prophets of Baal called out, do that. Okay? And then the ladies, you're going to be the people of Israel. Okay? So you're going to have all sorts of different reactions as things go through. Okay? So the men, okay, call out the Baal. There you go. That's it. You got it, okay? And the ladies, you'll have different reactions. So, for example, ladies, it's hard to see with the mass and all, I know. Right? If I say they were amazed, can you go, something like that? Okay. All right? So some sort of reaction. All right? Let's try that. The men, prophets of Baal, called out. And the people of Israel were amazed. All right. You've kind of got the idea. Okay? Here was the plan. The plan was that they were going to set up an altar with lots of wood. And the whole plan was that, well, the prophets of Baal were to call out the Baal. Okay, I know, that's right. Prophets of Baal were, and then there was an opportunity for the Elijah to step forward, and he was going to pray to the true and the living God. So anyway, they set the whole thing up, and the agreement was that they would slaughter a couple of bulls. I didn't manage to do that earlier, but I did manage to get a couple of slices of beef. Okay, so here we go, and they were, there we are. Okay. And the whole plan was, if the fire came down from either Baal or the Lord, who was God, and burned it all up, that would prove who the true and living God was. Well, it started like this. Elijah said very kindly, well, prophets of Baal, you can go first. So the prophets of Baal, they called out to Baal. Baal, help us, they said. And they called out again. Baal, help us. No reply. And they called out again, Baal, help us. While the Israelites were looking on, they were beginning to scratch their heads and think there's no reaction. So the prophets of Baal, they kept calling, Baal, help us. And they got louder, Baal, help us. And louder, Baal, help us. Still no reply. Now, men, I didn't warn you about this one earlier on. Not only did they start to call out, they started to dance. All right. 
So I'm on a wee bit of this. Beal, help us! All right, okay. They started the dance. They thought of, if they're trying to track Beal, right? So, okay, they call out the Beal. Beal, help us! Beal, help us! Beal, nothing. And then it got even worse. They thought, he's not answering. He's not answering. And at which point the Israelites, they're still scratching their heads. I'm thinking, this is very strange. He's not answering. This time, the problems of Beal, not only did they start the dance, but they started to hit themselves as well. Right? So can you do that as well? So it'd be like Nicky with the spinner. Won't it earlier? You've got to do two things at once. So let's shout it out to Beal. Beal, help us. Beal, help us. Beal, still no reply. And it got louder and louder and louder all into the afternoon. And the people of Israel were still scratching their heads saying, and there's no reply. Anyway, by this stage, Elijah, he's, he's watching all this and he's watching them all doing their dancing and they're shouting and all this, carry on. And he's standing there very calmly and he's watching. And then he starts to, he starts to poke a wee bit. Maybe he's away. Maybe he's away up to the port for an ice cream. So the prophets of Baal shouted even louder, Baal, help us! Baal, help us! And they kept the dancing going and they kept hitting us. And then he, he looked off and said, maybe he's a bit deaf. Turn up the hearing aid, Beal. So they all shouted a bit louder. Beal, help us. Beal, it's all there in the Bible. That's what he says. And then you know what he said that was funniest of all. And after this, ladies here, the people, you can burst out laughing. You know what he, he said? Maybe he's at the toilet. <laughs> that's true. That's what he said. There was no reply from this Beal. And by the end of the afternoon, those poor prophets of Baal were black and blue and bloodied and all over the, oh, it was just, it was a, they were a mess. And their voices were gone. They'd been shouting so loud. Elijah said, right, I've had enough. And he steps up and he says to the people of Israel, shall I call upon the name of God? What do you think they said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call upon the name of God. So in one simple prayer, Having rebuilt the altar, made sure it was right again. He called out on the name of the Lord, his God. And here's the thing that people forget. People think that the fire came up. No. The fire came down. And then burnt everything up. One prayer. The prayer didn't, see, the, the fire didn't come from the bottom. When you're lighting a fire, you don't you start at the bottom and hope it takes. But the fire came down to prove that it was from God alone. To prove that it was only God who could do it. And at that point, do you know what the people of Israel said? The Lord, he is God. Let me hear you. The Lord, he is God. Now, there you go. There you've got the story that's in front of you today. And the story tells us about the fact that there were two sides, one challenge, one winner. I want to leave something with you, boys and girls and young people and those watching at home today. I was doing a wee bit of a total, and this is hard to believe, I know. In my short time here, I have preached over 500 sermons. I have probably given 275 children's talks at the front. And every time I've done that, I have sought to make sure that all of you, from the youngest to the oldest, knows that there are two sides, the same challenge, but there's only one winner. Because you see, hundreds of years after Elijah, 
there was another man who wasn't just a prophet, but he was a prophet, a priest, and a king. In fact, he was the son of God that we call Jesus, who climbed a very different mountain and came to a very different altar made of wood. He came to a cross. And whenever he came to the cross, he faced the same challenges that we faced. All the way through Jesus' life, he faced temptation, but he didn't. He didn't sin, didn't do anything wrong. He was the perfect sacrifice. And whenever he went to the cross, all the enemies of Satan threw their worst at him. They threw hell at him. They wanted him to go. And he did go down. He went right down to the grave. And devil and his friends that day thought it was great. They thought that they'd won. They thought that evil had triumphed. That they had defeated him. But three days later, when Jesus rose from the grave, they realized that they were beaten forever. Boys and girls, young people, there are always two sides. It's always the same challenges, no matter which era in life you live in, whether it was the time of Elijah, the time of Jesus, or today. But there's only one winner. The winner is Jesus Christ, who sits on his throne, who has conquered sin and death and the grave because of his life and death and resurrection and carrying our sins on his shoulders. And we are left today with the same choice that the people of Israel were left with that day. If the Lord is God, worship him. If anyone else is God, worship them. Let me tell you, on that moment, whenever you know your life is disappearing, whether you're older or younger or whatever, there's only one thing you need to know. Money's not going to save you. The job you do is not going to save you. How many years you've been in Union Road's not going to save you. The only thing that's going to save you at that moment is if you know the one winner, who is Jesus Christ. Sadly, so many people, I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it, we've been like those people who hop from one side to the other. One minute we're serving the Lord wholeheartedly and then other times we, you know, we get distracted and we go our own way and, and, and we're, we're, we don't trust Him. Friends, you can't have a foot in both camps. You're either with Jesus or against Jesus. We're either children of God or the Bible tells us we're children of Satan. And that's, that's, that's what it says. We're either children of the light or children of darkness. There's no halfway house. You can't be a wee bit of both. And whether you're in school, and whether it's 450 people against you, like the Kirschmar kids who we saw on the screen, Rebecca, the only Christian in our school of a thousand, the only Christian in our school of a thousand, she really has to stand up. Most of us are blessed with no one other Christians in school or university or in college or in our workplace. What's it like to stand up as one against the crowd? And that is the moment when we need to remember the Lord is God. Jesus is King. There is only one winner. I have done my bit. I have told you again today. And you've got to decide, are you with him or against him? Are you for Christ or against Christ? Are you in Christ or outside of Christ? The Lord, he alone is God. It's that stark in or out, with or against, for or against. So today, what have we learned? We've learned something very simple. Yeah, there are only two sides. 
There's one challenge. But there's only one winner. That's Jesus Christ. And that is why it's so important that we are with him and in him. Boys and girls, young people, there's only one winner. Are you with him? Are you on that team? Let me pray for us all. Thank you.